What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. Cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. Needed a horse road, and I, I was doing it all the time, and didn't have a night latch or nothing, and got out there, and, and this horse started pitching and everything, and uh, it, it just wouldn't quit bucking. It wasn't that it was bucking hard, it just wouldn't quit bucking, and, and I, I've got asthma. I got asthma through it, and these people are watching, we're out in this like wheat field, and this horse is just bucking. Just everywhere, and I'm staying on and everything. Well, I got asthma, and I thought she'd quit eventually, so I reached in my pocket and got my inhaler out. <laughs> and they said that was the coolest thing they ever seen. <laughs> well, while I was living up there in Lubbock, I, I always talk about Ralph Hager. Uh, he's down on a ranch uh, between Roswell, New Mexico, and Rio Dosa. He called me and he said, Hey, I got three colts in, and you're a young buck, and you need to come up there. You need to come down here and start these horses for me. <laughs> Mass, I eat horses like that for breakfast, Ralph. I'll be down there. So I got down there, and he built him a nice little round pen, and, and there was this gray horse. That, there was three horses, a black, a bay, and a gray. And I got up there, and we saddled up that gray horse. I'd never, nothing had been on. This is a long time before Clint, Clinton Anderson. I, I know y'all watch him. This is a long time before Clinton Anderson. We used to just throw a saddle on them and kind of hold them down and get on and ride them until they quit bucking. I'm not, it's probably not the best way, but that's the way we used to do it. And so we climbed on this horse, and I mean, he, he just kind of bogged his head a little bit, maybe one time around the round pin, kept going. And it had been a long, long time since I'd been bucked off. I was pretty salty, head was pretty big and everything. I got off that one, I looked at him, I said, next. He pulled this little bitty bay horse. <laughs> what are y'all laughing about already? <laughs> he pulled in this little bitty bay horse, had to adjust the ladder goes on there and everything, and even when I was on the top two holes on my back, since this thing was still hanging down that far, I was like, ah, oh, this ain't gonna be no big deal, this little guy here. And I stepped up in that saddle and I kind of adjusted myself and I went, boom! And he bucked me off right on my head. I didn't know what had happened. I looked around like something that, you know, was there an earthquake or something? I mean, what happened? And Ralph is like, that was great. Do it again. I was like, well, now I was mad. My pride was hurt now because, I mean, seriously, he bucked like one time. I got over there and cheeked him around and he just stood there. I got on him, I turned him loose, and I said, you try me now, and I gigged him like that, and he, he bucked me off right on my head. I said, what? And I had a buck and roll on the saddle. It was all rolled up, and I mean, I don't think you could have pulled me off with a winch, but this horse bucked me off twice, and I was like, that is it? This is done, I'm going to tear you up. And I got over there, does anybody else know how to hang a gate properly? Ralph Hager, if you hear this, you stink at hanging gates. You know those little gate hinges that you screw into the deal? You're supposed to put one of them pointed up and one of them pointed down. For a reason. <laughs> I got on this horse and everything, and Ralph, I looked around, Ralph is gone. I'm getting ready to climb on. I said, where are you? He said, hang on. 
So he comes riding up on this big Andalusian horse he called Rabbit. He goes, I'm going to have to help you, you city slicker. I'll get you some. He came in there and he goes, this horse is pretty rank. He reached down and he roped a hind foot on this horse and backed up and stretched it out and said, Now try it, Sally. <laughs> Sally? I got your Sally. I climbed on, and I remember the first jump real well. When it catapulted me right towards the exit gate, I landed with my chin strategically placed between the top rail and the next rail down. I was such an athlete, I didn't even have to use my hands. That's where that Superman deal, you know, jah, flies, kids know what I'm talking about. And that gate, the hinges rolled like this. And with my awesomeness and my trajectory, we knocked the gate off the hinges. And so now I'm like this, laying on the ground on top of the gate, and the horse run over the top of me. And I looked back and I said, I thought you had that horse roped. He said, I couldn't miss that opportunity. I said, I'm done. I ain't riding that horse anymore. You're sorry. He said, yeah, but it was funny. I said, I ain't getting on that horse again. He goes, I don't know why he got back on the first time. He said, I realized when he bucked you off the first time, I was never getting on that horse. I was just going to see how long you'd get back on. I said, why didn't you tell me that? He goes, and miss all of that? So we talk about getting back on all the time, but there was a time this cowboy said, uh-uh, I am done. I said, how'd that horse keep bucking me off? He said, come here, look at this. We got down there and he showed me the tracks. That horse was bucking backwards. Every time it'd take off, where his front feet were whenever he took off, whenever he came down, his front feet were behind. He'd buck backwards and he'd get me set up like this and set up like this, and then I'd just fall off like a sack of taters off the front. But I did. I just gave up, man. I, I was sucking on that inhaler like it was a lollipop, man. <laughs> Beat up, bleeding. And then he made me hang the gate. He's like, you broke it. Today, today we're going to talk about giving up. And you know what? We talk about that never give up attitude. Well, that applies to a lot of things. Except for Christianity. I remember I was married once before for a very, 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 very short time. And when that thing was over, I asked my sweet grandmother, who turned 90 this month, I asked my sweet grandmother, I said, Granna, that's what I call her, Granna. I said, Granna, what am I doing so wrong? And in her sweetness, she walked over there and she said, you know what, honey? You just need to find a girl that wants to live in Kynosa, and when you find her, you hang on to her. I said, I ain't no girls want to live in Kynosa. She goes, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> While later, a couple of years after that, I went to a Pat Green concert in Midland, Texas. My buddy neighbored out at the ranch, he come out and 
they had this, this girl named Christy. And they come walking up, and they introduced me to her, and I took my hat off. I was like, hey, how you doing? I'm Kevin. She said, I'm Christy. <laughs> I said, Christy, where do you live? She goes, I just moved to Kynosa. I said, really? <laughs> I got to go to the porta potty. You want to go with me? <laughs> she said, yeah. <laughs> Phil, I might have to come stay with you now. I might not be let back in. So we moved to Kainosa, and I mean, life was great. Life was fantastic, and I loved it. Had a... I was the king of my double-wide trailer. Had it out there. It was a nice one. It was a solitary. Had an arena in the backyard. Had a pasture full of horses. Day working every day. Had me a little cowboy church. Life was good. And then God said, won't you give all that up? I said, what? Did you not see me grubbing mesquite for 42 years out there? What am I going to do with that? He said, leave it. I said, no, come on, man. <laughs> that was cool and all, but... I know, I know, God, that you have me right where I want you. He said, no, you're right where you want. I want you to go somewhere else. I want you to go do something else. And in my heart, I heard God say, you have built the most awesome little card house in your dreams, but I want you to do with, away with all that. I want you to give it up, and I want you to start following me. Make me your dream instead of making yourself and what you think your dreams should be. What is most important to you? Because I guarantee you there wasn't much more important than me and my good-looking wife, my two great kids, pasture full of horses, rope and arena in the backyard. And God asked me to give it all up. And I was plumb soured about it for a long time. I didn't want to give any of that stuff up. But you know what? I'd give it up every day for what we have here. This has been such an awesome blessing. What is most important to you? Whatever you answer there is probably what God's going to ask you to give up. What is most important to you? Now some of you are super spiritual religious Christians and you're going to say, God, and if that's the truth, you got it right. But there's a lot of other people out there that may, that may think something like, well, you know, I, I want to be a Christian and I want to follow God, but, you know, I, I want the best of both worlds. I want my cake and eat it too. I don't want to give up my life, but I want to grab a hold of God. Unfortunately, it can't work like that. In Matthew chapter 8, 19 through 22, says this, Then one of the teachers that caught, uh, taught the rules said to him. Hey, I'll go wherever you go, Jesus. This fellow's talking to Jesus, and he walks up to him, and he says, hey, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go where you go. Jesus told him, coyotes have dens and birds have nests, but the boss's son don't have any place to call home. He's saying, you're going to have to give up everything and follow me because I have nothing except eternal life. I'm the bread of life. And in verse 21, another guy said, my dad has died, and as soon as the funeral's over, I'll come with you. Jesus shook his head and said, If you're really willing to follow me, then do it right now. You can't help anyone that's already dead. Man, that's kind of tough, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about 
God's son comes down. He's preaching love and everything. And then a guy says, hey, Jesus, if you'll just hang on just, just a second, let me go bury my daddy, I'll come and follow you. And Jesus says, don't worry about that. That's just a body. That's just a shell. Your dad's up there with my dad. You come ahead and follow me. Tough teaching. But you know what? There's no middle of the road. A lot of people want that middle of the road, but it ain't there. You can't straddle that barbed wire fence. What is most important to you? A lot of people... I don't know about a lot of people. I'm just going to tell you about me. I was a pretty popular fellow around the Fort Stockton area. I day worked a lot. Had a lot of friends. And when I gave my life to God, I'd given Him my heart a long time ago. But when I gave Him my life and I hunkered down on that double wide trailer bedroom floor with my wife, and I said, God, I'll do what you want, whatever you want to do with me. What, what you would do with a sorry cowboy like me, I don't know. But I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll be who you want me to be. Amen. Real fancy, wasn't it? And all of a sudden, God started working on me. I started going to cowboy church, started going to Bible studies, started getting to know God real good. And the closer I came to God, the further away my friends pulled away from me. Now, I didn't pull away from them. I, st I was still the same fellow. I liked to rope and ride and day work and everything like that. But especially when I, when I became a preacher, nobody wanted to hang around with the preacher because they feel a little bad when the dirty stories start flying. They don't want that preacher around because it reminds them of who they should be. So I went from day working nearly every weekend or at the opportunity to day work every weekend. I quit, people quit asking me to, to day work. It's, oh, yeah, well, you know, I heard you day work the other day. You know, if you ever need any help, let me know. Yeah, I've only helped you every weekend for 10 years now. Oh, you know, I, I just know you're busy and everything with the preaching deal and everything. But yeah, if we need you, we'll call you. My popularity went whenever I became a Christian. When I became a preacher. And you know what? If, you, if you're not willing to give up your popularity for Christ, you're not willing to follow Him. Because it's going to happen, people. But let me give you the good news. That may sound like bad news, but for every one of those guys that started shunning me, I've got better friends now. I've got true friends now. As a matter of fact, let me rephrase that. I have no friends. What I have now is family that's not kin to me by blood. I hear people all the time talk about, well, you know, you find out who your true friends are. Well, when you come to know Christ, you'll figure out who your true friends are, who your family is. In Matthew 10, 22, says everyone, Jesus says, everyone will hate you because of me, but if you stay in the saddle and ride with me, you will be saved in the end. Sure, it's going to happen, people. What about friendships? I told you about the popularity part. My neighbor that I talked to you about a while ago, this kind of hurts, guys. I'm going to be really honest with you. He was my best man in my wedding. His wife was Christie's maid of honor. Best friends. They had a Jimmy Buffett party every year. It was just their deal. Every June or July... Man, everybody put their flyer blouses on and some of them flyers and stuff like that. And you'd go out there and listen to Margaritaville and come Monday. And, 
And it was just standing around a campfire and, you know, do what you do at a Jimmy Buffett party. And it was a great time. We loved going to the Jimmy Buffett party. But when I became a preacher, I remember one day they had to drive right by our house to go home. And we were sitting there, and we kept seeing a ton of cars go by. I kept wondering, what's everybody going past? Because you could see it right out the front window. I'm like, well, there went oh so-and-so. There went oh so-and-so. There, well, every one of my friends is going that way. Well, I walked outside, and guess what I heard down the road? Wasting away again in Margaritaville. The Jimmy Buffett party was in full swing, and the Weatherbees were uninvited down at the house. It took me a long time, and it still hurts, guys. And I'm not mad at them, not mad at them at all. It's a little uncomfortable having the preacher around for some reason. I ain't nobody different. But you're going to lose friendships. Maybe, they don't, maybe you don't lose them. Maybe they just change priorities. What is most important to you? For about three and a half years, the one thing that I had the hardest time with was fun. Because whenever I wasn't following Christ, I had fun a certain way, and I think every single one of you know exactly what I'm talking about, and I ain't got to spell it out, cowboys. I used to have that kind of fun. And I gave all of that up, that type of excessive fun. I gave all of that up, and I realized that I didn't know how to have fun without that. And it took me about three and a half years, but I tell you what, when Jared and Stacy and Sam and Mary Beth and Christy and the kids, when we sat around our table for breakfast yesterday morning, I guarantee I've never laughed so hard or had near as much fun as I did there. You ain't got to have all that stuff to have a good time. It's fake fun. You want to have real fun, you get you some real friends around, some godly people. And y'all have some of my wife's blueberry pancakes. <laughs> Guaranteed. Today we're talking about giving up. And it's time a few of you hard-headed cowboys and cowgirls give it up. You're here because God's been mashing on you. You're not here by accident. There's only probably about four people that their wives actually drugged them in here. And I've seen the hot shot that they used to get you in the door. But the rest of you, God's been mashing on you. It's time to give in. It's time to give up. Probably the, most, the hardest thing to give up, though, is your habits. Let me ask you something. Very, I think there's probably very few of you per capita in here that have been going to church every single Sunday their entire lives. I know I haven't. I did when I was a kid because my mama threw me in the trunk, made me go. What did you used to do on Sunday mornings before you came to Cowboy Church? What did you used to do on Sunday mornings? A lot of people say, well, I, you know, I don't have time, or that's my day off. And, and you know what? I understand that. But at the same time, it's breaking those bad habits. Some of you are like, well, I, I've been to church every single Sunday. Well, before you dislocate your shoulder, patting yourself on the back, what about Sunday night? I mean, we have a Bible study here. We got 200 people here this morning, and we might have 12 here tonight. I mean, if you don't want to come, you don't have to come, and I'm not trying to guilt trip you into it. But it's breaking those habits of just going home, turning the TV on. We won't miss an episode of Duck Dynasty, right? Does it come on Sunday nights, Jared? He don't know. I'm giving him a hard time about Duck Dynasty. 
Why do we have to make time for God, but we don't have to make time for TV? How many people go, ah, dadgummit, I've got to go watch that TV again. I've scheduled that time. <laughs> we don't do that. What about Facebook? Ah, it's my Facebook time. I've got to go get on there and Facebook. And... No, we don't have to do that. But yet we're like, oh, I'm supposed to, you know, I kind of made this deal that I was going to read my Bible. I'm going to read it for 10 minutes. And we'll go read our Bibles. How come we have to make time for God, but we don't have to make time for anything else? It's just the habits, folks. I'm not trying... I'm the same way. And I'm a preacher. We just get caught up in our habits. And it has nothing to do with not loving God or anything like that. But the thing that is the hardest to give up are those habits. Does Jesus really want us to give up everything? Yes, He does. Folks, I can, I can get up here and try to sell you Jesus, and I can tell you about eternal life, and, and I can talk about forgiveness, and I can do all of this stuff. But Jesus Himself said that many will search for that narrow path and few will find it because they're not willing to give everything up. And unfortunately, not all of you sitting out there are going to have the guts and the courage to ride for the boss's son. My prayer is that all of you do. But let's be honest. It's hard. Is it worth it? Absolutely. In Matthew chapter 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to all the cowboys, If y'all want to continue on this crew, you need to forget about what you want. Start focusing on what the boss wants. You've got to be willing to give up your life and ride with me. What will you get? Pay attention. What will you get if you gain everything this world has to offer and you still lose your soul? What can a man swap that's worth more than his soul? And that's the question here today. What is worth more than your soul? Facebook? TV? Friends that you think you can count on? Popularity? Give it up. It'll be... Dad gum tough, but I'm here to tell you to be worth it. You can't have Christ until you give up yourself. You can't have forgiveness until you give up your life of sin. It's called repentance for, your, for the fancy people here. You can't be made whole without giving up on trying to avoid brokenness. We just want to be happy. We don't want no part of that brokenness stuff, but God can't put you back together until you are. Quit fighting it. Give it up. You can't have change until you give up trying to keep things the same. Oh, we want to know Jesus, but we don't want to change anything about our habits, about our friends, about our popularity, about where we hang out. You can't find the way until you give up wanting to be in control. Give it up. And you can't find happiness until you give up looking for it in the world. You will not find happiness... In this world, you will only find happiness in Christ Jesus. And there's no way I can tell you the experience that you will have. I'm not going to try to, because I ain't here to sell Jesus. I'm here to tell you that there's a better way. And I ain't going to try to talk you into nothing. You can't follow Christ until you give up making all the excuses you've been telling yourself while I've been talking. And admit it. There's been some excuses made. Well, 
I'll sit here and smile, but that old preacher up there, he don't really know all that. You ain't got to do all that. Yes. Yes, you do. And it'll be the most glorious decision that you'll ever make. Glad you took a ride with us today. If you liked today's service and heard God speaking to you, I'd like for you to go to our website and check out the new book, Simplified Cowboy Version Gospel of Matthew. If you've ever wanted to read your Bible but found it difficult to understand, then this book is for you. Just go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on General Store. You'll find tons of stuff there to help you in your ride with Christ. You can also partner up with us by following the online giving link. All our monthly supporters get an audio CD or DVD every month in the mail as our way of saying thank you. We don't care about the amount. Look at what Jesus did with a couple of biscuits and some fish. He can do the same with your helping hand. Alright, y'all listen up. We wouldn't have been able to do this today if it wasn't for these fine businesses. Tumbleweed Hay, 303-324-8217. WesternLLC.net for all your commercial construction projects. Look East Realty, 303-644-4444, the best in eastern Colorado. If you need burrowing, rodent control, or no-till drilling, you gotta call Comanche Creek Enterprises, 303-619-7030. And finally, contact Double H Heating and Air at 303-669-8911. They know how to heat you up and cool you off. If you need more information, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on Sponsors.